Hey there, mucho gusto, and welcome to another episode of Detective Writer. I'm your host, Sally, aka Detective Writer, and today I am super duper excited to introduce all of you to a brand new guest, fellow author, Tom Rose. Thank you so much for being here, Tom. I'm so excited. Well, thank, thank you for having me, dear. It's uh, kind of exciting for me because I have listened to some of your podcasts, and what you have sitting here today is not your typical podcast guest, because I am uh, I'm a new writer. Mm-hmm. One mystery novel is all my first one, but it was all created by a whole life experience that, that pushed me this direction to do it. So that's kind of my story. Uh, um, I lost my wife in 2019 to breast cancer, and so short sorry. time after that. A short time after that, a, a friend of mine talked me into writing a book about my grief journey. And uh, in fact, I told him at the time, I said, you, a fraternity brother, a doctor. And I, to- I said, you were with me in college. You know, I didn't pay attention in English class because you sat next to me. How can I write a book? Well, mm-hmm. I ended up writing a book and to satisfy him and to help me. It was the COVID years. I didn't have anything else to do. So you might as well write a book, right? Yeah. Uh, and I kind of caught lightning in a bottle because... All of a sudden, I was an author and a speaker, and I've done 101 speech, uh, speaking appearances now with my book, Balloon in a Box. Uh, so after that, I got a little cocky and thought, oh, hey, I'm an author. I could write a novel. So I wrote a novel, and uh, I got a, 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 a publisher, and uh, I got some nice little reviews, nothing you know, spectacular. And so here I am, sitting today as an author and a speaker, and, and, and I speak about my whole life experience with put me to doing this. Uh, one of my things is uh, telling telling those people, you know, people go through grief. Um, what happens is you, you lose a, a loved one or, or you lose a job or you become handicapped uh, by health or some physical thing and you can't continue to do what you'd always done. Mm-hmm. Um, and my presentation is telling people you have to move forward with your life. And so part of moving forward with my life is is, is these speaking engagements and writing a book. In fact, I'm writing a sequel to my book. Well, I just outlined it a few days ago and I'm working on it, so I'm getting started. So I left it open at the end that I could uh, I could carry on with the character. So That's absolutely incredible. And thank you so much for sharing. I'm so sorry about the loss of your wife. Tom. Uh, well, thank you, thank you. And I remember going through your site and your writing journey is absolutely inspiring. And you're right, you're not just an ordinary podcast guest you're an extraordinary podcast guest. well just thank like, you yeah thank just you. like I'm, ri- I'm writing that down thank you absolutely because this is not your typical podcast either so i feel like everybody has a story to share everybody has a story everybody has something that we can really share with the world and just maybe teach this world and shake things up a little bit especially that's right that's right and, well, that's and- my attitude too dear that's great. Yeah, that, that's it. Wow. Uh, I'm just moving forward, and and I, I, I my my whole presentation with my my grief book is it's uplifting. My my novel actually is uplifting. Um, the detective in here goes through some um, personal emotional things, uh, um, and so uh, it's uplifting in in this book too. You know, the thing I found was interesting when I got ready to write. A mystery novel. I I was in theater and drama and the whole thing in college, and I had to write plays. I wrote a couple of plays, and I nice. had to write. Uh, and a few years ago, I wrote a couple of 
of mystery dinners, which are fun to do, you know, really yeah. fun. I really enjoyed the hell with that. We did one at our country club that was absolutely, I didn't make it phenomenal. The people that played the parts made it phenomenal, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I got ready to write the book, I decided, uh, okay, I'm going to write a novel. And again, I'm here alone, you know, uh, and it was winter and it's crummy here in Indiana, northern Indiana in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. And so I outlined it. I, I sat down and I said, well, here's the kind of the story I want to tell, you know, this is what happens and this is where it ends, you know. Absolutely. And, and I don't know how other people go through it, but, and then I said, well, that's easy. But then it got difficult because then I had to create the characters and I had to give them personalities and I had to create the situations. And, and at first I was struggling with it. And then I started to pick people I knew and take their personalities, maybe things from one person and something from another person, put them together and create this personality, this person, this character in the book. I'm sure that uh, my friends read the book and say, oh, Tom's the main character. Oh, probably my personality. I, I did it in the first person. So it's a detective and I tell his story day by day. It's a calendar. It starts on a day and ends on a day. Uh, and every day it's dated and says, this is Wednesday, whatever. And he goes through what happens that day. Um, and, and I'm sure if I read it every once in a while, I was looking back through it to, to make some notes for doing this sequel. And it's me. It's me, my alter ego, maybe. It's, uh, he's uh, 35, 40 years younger than I am. Uh, he's uh, much better looking than I am. Uh -huh. uh, He's uh, uh, he, he's uh, stronger than I am, uh, but he suffers. As an example, you know, I just talked about losing my wife. In the book, he loses his wife. Different circumstance, but he loses his wife. So I'm able to take my emotions about losing my wife and put him in the book when he loses his wife, but I am losing his wife. So he's, he's experiences the real things that I have. In a different way, I could say she's that she doesn't die from breast cancer like my wife. She it was a different story. Uh, and then, and this hasn't happened to me yet, but I, I picture it. I, I don't know how I would handle it. It's been four years. Uh, I don't have another woman in my life. Uh, I say never, but I don't know whether it's never. You know, you can't say never. Yeah. It's never you. But he starts to have feelings for. Uh, a woman and he questions himself every day about you know well is this right should i be doing this also uh, the person responsible for his wife's death uh he can't pardon him he can't forgive him so that's the other struggle he has and then and then the mystery part of the novel you know the story of the uh, the uh, murder in a uh, in a restaurant uh and uh the, the tale that comes after that i guess you'd say uh, how it goes from something looks appears very simple <laughs> a simple robbery turns into an um actually almost an international thing so that creating those characters I, the, the woman uh, is probably two or three people that i know uh there's a priest a, a, a priest in it and yeah, the priest in it is probably a couple of the priests that I've known in my life. So that's where I got all the 
all the personalities, these characters. And my friends read the book and say, am I in there? Am I in there? <laughs> say, don't worry about it. If you can't find yourself, then don't worry about it. <laughs> but I didn't use you, you know. <laughs> That's and I, gotta, I don't know how other people do this. How did you do this? I mean, how do you, you know, you're a mystery writer, right? Yes. How I... do you... How do you come up with your characters? You know, it's really interesting because your story sounds very similar to mine. I I had self-published my book, but I first started writing it when I was 20. And when I was in college, I remember just thinking, this is not just my book. It's our book. It's everybody's book. Everybody that I've known in my life. So I actually sort of did the same process. I basically based a lot of my characters, well, let's say almost all of the characters, to be exactly like someone how I knew in real life. So if there was a character who was maybe a little too intrusive, maybe not so mind your own business type of way, a little nosy, I knew exactly who I was thinking of. And it was so interesting. And some of my relatives were thinking, did you base this off anyone in particular? I said, no, of course not. (laughs) No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm totally lying. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I'm a... And I... My book is not complicated. Uh, I found it. I, I tried to write. Uh, not like I say, I wrote in the first person. That's what I ended up doing. I tried writing other way. I couldn't do it. Once I put it in the first person, then it was easy for me to tell the story because I didn't have to handle everybody else's thoughts. I didn't have to handle what they were thinking because I didn't know what they were thinking. So uh, I made assumptions, maybe what they were thinking, but it was just me. So it was easy for me to say, okay, uh, you're in this situation, uh, fella, you put yourself here. How are you going to get out of it? What are you going to do? I created some things like that that a couple of times got me. I would sit here at night at the computer and I'd do stuff and I'd get in the morning, I'd be like, oh, you can't do that because you can't be there when this, you can't, so you got to go back and I got to get rid of that. That day didn't occur. I got to, I got to start with another day. Uh, So uh, once I, once I learned to, uh, I had it up on the wall here, what was going on from the beginning to the end. So I could look up there and say, oh, no, that was July 5th that that happened. And now I'm in you know, July 23rd. So I got to remember that, you know, I can't, you know, can't mess up these dates. Uh, and, and, and like I said, I left it open at the end, uh, solved this mystery, but it's open there to continue with the detective. And actually the same story. I'm picking the story up because there were some things left that people didn't discover. So I'm bringing those into the story now and continuing it on. So that's incredible. Um, how many? How many have you written? I've only written one, but okay. sort of similar to you, I I've written a few plays in college. Let's say I took a playwriting course, so I think yeah. I wrote four <laughs> plays, and yeah. I've always loved writing. So. For me, yeah. whenever anybody asked me what I wanted to be, I would always say an author. So my whole childhood, you could find like a short story there or an essay there. I was the weird kid that I loved writing essays whenever it was for a test or something. I didn't know what it was, but I just loved it. And yeah. I will say I've written quite a few things, but I've only written my first book. I am working on another book, but I feel like there is some sort of writer's block in me. But I feel like, you know, with doing my podcast now and doing the blog, which 
we're now on season four of Detective Writer. There's so many, there's so many authors, there's so many amazing people that I've met, and they've given me a lot of great tips on how to get your spunk back after feeling like maybe a little disconnected from writing or maybe a little disconnected from your craft and learning how to bring it back a little bit, little by little, and realizing why you fell in love with it in the first place. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> uh, Age is just a number. You can be an author at 100 if that's possible. I know. Well, thank you. Uh, well, what I was going to say was uh, my college life was theater, speaking, uh, speech classes, debate. High school was all that kind of stuff. Well, in fact, interest, interesting to me, I don't know everybody else, but until I was in the freshman in high school, if I had to stand up in front of the class and do anything, I, I was a mess. You know, I couldn't do that. Um, a, a high school teacher, English teacher, freshman teacher found out if he made me mad, then I would forget about my fear and I would I would argue with him, you know. So he challenged me with that, and he got me into being in the debate club, and then, uh, and then speech, and then drama. I was a, I had to lead in a senior play. I played a, <laughs> I'm a short little guy, so I played a 12 year old, 11 year old kid in the seat. Now I was the only, uh, the only reason I got the part because I was the only kid in the class that could could fit the description. So you mm -hmm. know they needed a young guy. So anyway, my whole thing in college was the same was theater and stuff, and writing the plays, and writing speeches. Uh, but uh, I, I went with the advertising and marketing, so I wrote, you know, I'm a created, created ideas, you know, you create marketing ideas and advertising ideas and things, you know. Uh, so I was always creative that way. Uh, I was never a great reader. Uh, I read a lot of magazines and that kind of stuff, but I never read books. Now I'm an avid reader. I read three, four books a week, maybe. You got to go at the library, break two or three home, read them, take them back, don't take them two more. Mm -hmm. um, so my life changed uh, when my wife died. Mm -hmm. I got to be really honest here and say my whole life changed. All of a sudden, uh, I'm doing all these all these creative things are floating around in my brain now. I don't have enough time. I'm 83 years old, so I don't have enough time to, to get them all out. I, I don't know how much more time God's going to give me, but uh, it may not live uh, all of us if you think about it. There's people that live yeah. 215. Yeah, that's right. Well, I have good genes. My mom lived to be 98, my grandmother 97, so my dad 91. So, uh, you know, I got the genes to maybe. Uh, but what, what I was going to say is I am, uh, I'm a happy person now. Uh, even though she's not here with me, I, I, I wish she was, but she's not. Uh, I have to face that. I mean, that was a tough thing with the grief. You got to face it. I understand And, and so... And so then I, I learned that I could take her with me on this journey that I'm going on. I don't call it a journey of grief. I call it a journey of love because without love, I mean, without grief, without love, there would be no grief. So I'm not on a journey of grief. I'm on a journey of love. And that's my speaking thing, too. So so I'm loving doing this book. Uh, besides writing a, the sequel to, the, to my novel, I'm also writing a book from from my experience with speaking about my grief book my grief book's called balloon in a box coping with grief i've learned so i met three thousand people now i don't know how many bad tiered stories and one of the things that and you're a young person uh i, I i'm into cooking too so my wife and i did a cooking show on tv I've heard lo I've locally so so I, I like to cook i like to have dinner parties and i like to bring people 
invite people with different backgrounds and different personalities and let it, let the conversation flow. And, and um, we were talking about life one night here. When is life? And I mean, you know, a couple of glasses of wine and the more wine you pour, the deeper that conversation gets. Um, and when you're done, you get to the end and you don't know any better, any more than you did when you started the conversation, except I'm standing on the stage here in our local theater, ready to do a presentation on my book. I had like 300 people standing around, I'm looking around and this whole theater has been redone. Gorgeous. And I'm looking at them and say, wait a minute, this is where I used to come as a kid to the movies. And this is where I brought my first date. You know, the date where you're, where your mom drives you and after the movie you go to the drugstore and call mom and say come pick us up okay uh-huh. i didn't go tell by your smile you remember that right? i actually i because i live in new york city the first dates i've had they usually i usually just go meet them somewhere and then we take the train yeah. together <laughs> yeah yeah okay okay well see i live in a small town my it. mom doesn't drive so my dad yeah, knows, okay. but it's like <laughs> but still you understand the date okay. oh yeah oh yeah perfect so so i'm standing there and I, honestly i'm just ready to walk on and i'm going i know what life is i just, i know what life is life is really simple life is just memories or excuse me moments in time and experiences that become memories experiences moments in time that become memories that's what life is if you think about your life that's all you think about all your memories from your experiences now the tough part is living that life so the tough thing is living in love and all those things and that's and again back to my novel that these those things are kind of in there those things my characters are in there um each one of my characters i try to give memories I try to give things that they exchange with each other, they share with each other, the memories they create with each other. So anyway, I'm working on another book called Life, Love, Living, Making Memories as you on your way. Incredible. And I definitely so, that I can definitely understand that. So I'm sure that uh, many years I'm gonna continue writing. I do have a publisher. Uh, the publisher took this book. My first book, The Balloon in the Box, I self-published. When I did the novel, I got a publisher, and then he wanted The Balloon in the Box. So I, what he wanted me to do was take it and not change it, but at the end of each chapter, write what I learned in my trips around and making speeches. So that's what I did. I, I'm, really, uh, I'm really clever. I'll tell you how creative I am. My son helped me, too, but we're the advertising marketing business. Well, he still is and so we're doing the second book and uh, i said well we need a title and for about two weeks we talked about what kind of a title we should have for the second book and we came up with a really creative idea called we call it balloon in a box two <laughs> coping with grief <laughs> not balloon in a box but balloon in a box two coping with grief so i was telling everybody how clever we are with the title of the book it is sound clever but, balloon in the box but balloon in a box too, you know. So anyway, I, uh, I, and, and, and and so my my book is called "The Secret Is in the Pasta." And liking food, I placed it in an Italian restaurant because I wanted to use Italian names. I'm not Ita- well. My name is actually Italian. Long story, but I'm not really Italian. I've got a little bit, but I love Italian food and I love Italian. So nice. I thought, well, hey, what the heck. <laughs> You know, yeah, well, absolutely. But, 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 but it, and the uh, 
the name of the restaurant actually is a friend's family name of their restaurant that's been long, a family restaurant that's been long closed, okay? And so she told me about it. And I said, hey, you mind if I, I love that name. You mind if I used it? So that's the name of the, the, the Italian restaurant. And so that's where I got the name for that. Uh, the names of the of the of the people of the family with the restaurant are of people I know um, uh, have been in the restaurant business. Uh, so and the Italian food that's the fun thing. And uh, in my book, I have a <laughs> I don't just stop with the Italians. We have a uh, in a it's a small town. Okay, uh, that's the other thing. I I couldn't write a murder mystery taking place in New York. I don't live in New York. I've only been to New York twice in my life. How can I write a murder mystery and you know about the city of New York? Welcome to visit again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't want to write it about my town. Okay. Um, because that was too. So what I did is I created a town like my town that I moved to. It has to be in Indiana because that's where I'm from. So I know a lot about Indiana. So that makes it easy. So I created a town a little bit east of Indianapolis almost on the Ohio state line, so Indiana and Ohio. Uh, it's like my town. It's the size of my town. It's got people in it like, well, my town. Uh, so that made it fun. Uh, the theaters, the, but anyway, the restaurants, I've got a Greek restaurant we go to. I've got a, a Mexican restaurant we go to, you know, a, uh, the hot dog stand we go to and the coffee shop we go to. And so I, I used all the places and get different names. And different Major names, foodie right there. That's so fun. But I, I knew when I started writing the book, food had to be in there, you know, and, and, it's, and it's day by day. So he's got to get up and have breakfast, right? Yeah. And he's got to have lunch someplace. And he's got to have dinner. So, you know, uh, I'm going through his life. And, uh, and he's a member of the country club, which he actually, he actually lives on the golf course. Uh, I live on the golf course. If you can see out the window here, uh, mm. I'm on the golf course. Well, actually, the golf course is over here. Believe it or not, the golf course is this way. Wow. And the cemetery is over here. So out my window. So I got, I got a beautiful view. And the cemetery is a wonderful place to walk, by the way. I mean, it's the tree's beautiful. You know, it's always peaceful. In fact, my wife, I, I can look out like I know where, where stone is. I can see it. Wow. So um, I used all those things. I, I, I put Tony Victor is my, my uh, uh, detective. Uh, all the guys call him TV. Uh, I put him on that golf course. I put him in a villa like I live in. I put him on the 16th hole, <laughs> which is right over here. So then I could create that hole and the deck is there that he looks out. So uh, that made it fun to do. And people, people, uh, people that read the book that know the golf course will say, uh, you put the 16th green, but you put it different. You made the hole different. It's not, you know, it's not a par five. It's a par four. You know, and you made it a part five in your book. So, so that was a fun thing to do. Yeah. So what are you working on? You say you're working on another one? Yes, I am. I'm actually working. So I'm not sure yet. I'm making a sequel for The Doctor. But I'm also thinking about making a sort of an... I love to travel. So I'm thinking maybe I might be making a book about travels. Um, or maybe an autobiography on the life of my grandparents. From yeah. when they immigrated from... Ecuador to America, but I have still no idea yet. But I feel like when when in doubt, there will come 
plenty of inspiration. I just need to really think about it. The the, the, the grandparent thing would be great. I'm thinking about it. The only problem is, is my grandparents also passed away. So it's like certain things I can't really ask them. And my, I feel like I can only go through certain pictures, but I feel like if anything, there's always my parents and maybe there's aunts and uncles to ask for help as well. Especially since a lot of my relatives were very mad at me for my first book not being in Spanish. So they would say, please put your next book in Spanish. So we shall see how that goes. (laughs) Okay. Translating an entire book from Spanish to English and then English to Spanish. I'm really hoping it's the best. Are you translating it yourself or are you having somebody translate uh, it? I will translate the best I can. I think my Spanish is okay. It could be better, okay. but I will say uh, I will try my best to do it myself. But if not, I'm going to definitely ask for help. Well, I, I keep bouncing ideas around out in my head. I, the cemetery out here. I take walks in there, and I walk by. And I look at the stones, and I thought, I wonder if that, I wonder who that person really was. Uh, I wonder who this person. It, it, the old part of it, there are Civil War stones. Actually, there's two, two or three Revolutionary stones back there. So when I walk in that part, I always thought, well, who are those people? And I always thought it would be neat, particularly in the summertime here, if I uh, wrote a book about the cemetery and who these people are. Create somebody i don't know who they are i don't know who eli yoder was okay <laughs> but looking at his stone and seeing his wife's name beside him and uh, says the stone says you know family you know can i sit there and take notes and about him and then come back and create him which that's the other one i'm thinking about doing sometime that's incredible that, that's kind of an experimental things i'd have to write a couple because then there's some people i know you know i walk out there some of the names some of the people i know who they were i know their families uh well my family's there my my wife my mom dad my sister uh, they're all there so but it's if you uh if you and this is really crazy to say but if you spend a lot of time in a cemetery uh walking through those things happen to you when you look over and and you look at the stone, the simple stone in the ground, and then the monument that somebody built to their to, to their loved one. Uh, it's all it's very interesting to me. That definitely is a good tip. I think for me, it's for me cemeteries just give me a little bit of a creep sometimes for the gravestones. But I do feel like when it's necessary, I do I like visiting my grandparents, seeing them, and I will say sometimes I will have seen like so many cemeteries and so many stones and I do wonder, you know, based on the money, flowers and and amounts of givings and offerings that were given that were left on the stones. It's really, you can tell just how much that person was loved and so many things. I find that I get more inspiration, you know, if I'm at the, if I'm on the subway, the subway train, or if I'm on the beach, but I also find just looking out at the window or just really thinking in my head, if I'm listening to a good song, a lot of things really can help bring inspiration. Uh-huh, yes, definitely. Music, music inspires me. It really does. Um, I, can, I can sit in front of my little fireplace, especially over this time of the year, crummy, crummy weather with my little glass of wine and some cheese and crackers and, and listen to Frank Sinatra and kind of get carried away, you know. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and 
and not do anything but just sit there. I don't have to read. I don't really have to. Yeah, the other, <clears throat> the other thing that <clears throat> kind of inspired me and, and still guides me and still uh, creates my ideas. I think uh, my wife was in hospice for three weeks in the hospital, so I was there with her twenty four seven while my kids would come and relieve me, and I'd go home and shower and change clothes and have something to eat and come back. But I spent twenty. I spent all night there with her. When you're in that situation, and she she um, she had nothing but water and pain pills, and she was there for three weeks. I'm so sorry. Uh, but thank you. But, but what happens is, I couldn't read books, I couldn't watch TV, I couldn't do anything but sit there and think. Now, if you think fifteen, sixteen hours a day, just think, you suddenly, well, you discover things about yourself that. You know, maybe you really don't like, which some of them are in here. Oh my, five bad characteristics are in my book. I put them in my villain. Uh, you discover things about yourself. You know, uh, you really don't like. You know, we're all selfish. We're all selfish. Now, that's the, one of the things you kind of discover. You know, if, I, am I really that selfish? Did I really do? You question all your beliefs. I questioned everything I believed. I didn't change a lot of it, but I questioned everything I believed in. Sit there and go, is, do, do I really believe this? Do I really believe that? I, I just used to just say it. Do I, do I really believe what I'm saying? So that inspires, after, after it's over, after you have time to reflect on that, believe it or not, um, even in the murder mystery, which is fiction, the balloon in a box is not fiction. It's my life. Uh, I laid it out raw. I didn't pull any punches. I told the story as I told it. In the novel, then, I was able to take those things, like I say, put those in my characters. Those beliefs that I had, that I questioned, I put those in the heads of some of these people and the way these people act. Like I say, some of the, some of the things I didn't like about myself, the obnoxious guy, okay, uh, the guy that talks too much, the guy that uh, maybe uh, was selfish. Uh, that's in here. The characters they carry into. Uh, my my main character has flaws, uh, uh, like any human being. He's not Superman. Uh, you know, my book is not Superman. Yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a he's a human being. You know. So. It, it's all fun. I'm having a ball with it now. I guess. Maybe you could tell I'm that. <laughs> no, and if you think about it, with the more, with the more fun, and with the more, the more that you write, it's actually. I think that writing is so beautiful because, in a way, it can be healing. It can be inspiring. It can scare the wits out of people. So writing can take yeah. so many different forms. Right. And right. I would definitely love to ask you, Tom. What would you say? Are there any final tips that you have or any piece of advice that you have for anybody who wants to be an author or feels really, you know, disheartened by the writing experience or just doesn't have a lot of confidence in themselves? What advice would you have for them? The main thing is, is don't fight it. Don't try to make it perfect when you're writing it. Just write it. Uh, in both books, particularly the Balloon in the Box book, when I sat down to write that book, I would type a page and I would say, oh, an author has to use big words. So I'd go to the thesaurus and I'd look up words and I'd put them in. And then I'd get up the next morning and read it and go, who wrote this and what does that word mean? I did that for four or five times, probably maybe a week or so. Finally, one night, 
again, in Indiana in November was when I really started the book. It was cold, rainy, smashing the windows, mm -hmm. you know, eight o'clock on by myself. I decided stop being trying to be perfect with it, trying to make sure the punctuation's right, trying to make their sentences and paragraphs. Just type it. And that's what I did. I just started typing the story. And all of a sudden it was three o'clock in the morning. And I'd been there for eight o'clock to three o'clock where I had page after page after page. Wasn't punctuated. Spelling was wrong. Not paragraphs, not sentence structure, but the story was down. Particularly Balloon in the Box, I did the novel. I did the same way. I would, I would say, okay, Tony is going to do this today. And I, but I just typed it. I wouldn't try to make sure everything was spelled. Go back afterwards and then, okay, I need to change this. Can't quite say that. And the chapter's done. That's incredible. And you really bring that's, the, that's the easiest thing I can tell people. Write and don't edit, just write whatever comes to mind. That's right. Absolutely. And I truly can't thank you so much for being here enough. Um, it's absolutely been such a pleasure. And thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your story. I, okay. I truly applaud you for taking a sad situation, but you managed to help so many people and maybe you're helping so much more people than you know. Yeah. And, and and folks, anybody that would be would like to, um, I have a website, www.thomaslrose.com. Just go there. My phone number is there. My email is there. I love talking to people. If you're trying to write a book and you want to know, want me to, to talk to you. I, I'm not an expert. I did one, so I know the struggles. But, but I guess that makes you an expert if you know you know the struggle. I'm here. I'd be happy to talk to you Absolutely. if you want. If you want to, if you want me to come speak about my books and stuff, I'm available. I'm on national speakers bureaus, but everything's in my website. So Absolutely. I write blogs. So Absolutely, and truly, I truly had such a blast chatting with you. I hope you do come back. I hope this was a great experience for you. Truly. Okay. Uh, when my when my sequel's done, and same with you, when my sequel's done, I'd be happy to come back and yes, tell, you my, tell you tell you my struggle with writing it because it's going to be. I know absolutely. The first one was probably easier than the second one. <laughs> I can imagine because it's a writing process and every journey is different. And please feel free when you make your sequel, you let me know, and then we can schedule back because I think there's huh? so many listeners out there who may have been inspired by this. Thank you so okay. much again. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Absolutely. Have a good day. Thank you. And for those of you who have been listening to this episode, I truly hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you all have a great day, morning, afternoon, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. Please stay tuned for next week. And until then, keep on soothing.